And it's live again. It's another take a will take on sports. Good morning, Monday morning, August the 17th. Thank you for listening to me this morning. If you missed this show at any point and you're listening on demand, please hit that like, follow, or subscribe button on whatever platform that you are listening to this podcast on. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, and Instagram at WWS underscore Sports Show. And on the Facebook page, on my Facebook page, please click the like button. Also, if you'd like to leave me a comment or if you'd like to be a guest on my Sunday uh, sports forum show, you can do so at Will Walker Show at Yahoo.com. That's Will with one L, Walker Show at Yahoo.com. Today's podcast, no clear cut favorite podcast 817 no clear cut favorite gonna talk about the nba playoffs um give you my picks Mm, i'm picking upsets because i'm gonna lay some coins on this thing uh coming up uh for these upcoming playoffs also gonna get into some of the uh action that happened on the field that got my attention and some individual performances and some other things that didn't happen on the field. A little disappointed in a result from the Champions League quarterfinals. You listen to this show on a regular. You're a faithful listener. You know that I am a big soccer fan, football to the rest of the world. And um, the team I root for, my favorite club team in the world, disappointing. Disappointing loss uh, in the Champions League quarterfinals gonna preview the champions league semifinals that be coming up this week on tuesday and wednesday so gonna get into that some other things uh major league baseball and what they got going on but before i do that i want to talk about the play-in game between the memphis grizzlies and the portland trail blazers the portland trail blazers went on to win uh, by four points, 126-122 over the Memphis Grizzlies. But I can tell you this much. The young man, Morant, is a serious player. He played an outstanding game, uh, 35 points, eight assists. Um, he had a great game. They just came up a little short. They definitely missed uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, in that matchup. But Portland went on to prevail. C.J. McCollum bailed out his teammate, Dame Little, and also – Carmelo Anthony had an outstanding game in that play play in matchup. Yusuf Merk, uh, Nurkic was just he was just a man down low. Twenty points, twenty plus rebounds. He was just a man, and there's nothing else I can say about that. That's going to be an intriguing matchup with them and the Lakers. Going to get into that a little later on, and what I think about that particular first round matchup between those two two teams. Also, Major League Baseball, as I just mentioned, Major League Baseball had another team. Have a positive test, and more games are canceled. More games. Again, hard to see how they're going to finish. Anybody can finish a season unless you have a bubble or a hub city situation. Really hard. MLS is going to be back this week also. They're going to be playing their games outside of their bubble situation that they created in Orlando for their MLS is back tournament. So it's going to be hard to see how teams or how a league can can, uh, function during this time of this global pandemic and get a season in. Going to move on to the next topic. College football. Justin Fields and some uh, is the leader of this Big Ten petition 
to uh, as they're petitioning, uh, they're, they're, the petition is going to um, the Big Ten commissioner and in presidents <laughs> and presidents of the uh, colleges in the Big Ten. He's got over 200,000 signatures as of late last night from fans showing support. I'm going to tell you what. Turn that into a GoFundMe account. Get them to put funds in. Y'all go get insurance for liability causes. That way this, the colleges and the universities will be totally exonerated of of uh, having any responsibility if a, if a kid gets sick during the coronavirus and it has a, long, <clears throat> a long-term effect on a student. So turn those, that petition... Those signatures into funding. Get them. Get that. Get those petition. Get those p- people that signed that petition and turn into funding. Go get you some insurance, and I promise you, they'll let you play. If the schools can just be relieved of responsibility, and they'll let you play, and you will be able to do hashtag We Want to Play. But un- until then, y'all just keep signing that petition. It's great for public relations. It's great to the, the, the cable news shows and the sports and the four letter network and fix sports and nobody cares network. They're going to all hype it up and say, yeah, the kids want to play in the worst way. It's easy to say when you don't have the responsibility to do it. And it's amazing how everybody's all of a sudden on the kids side in a situation against the university. Kid, if the kids came out and said they want to get paid like a like an employee during this pandemic, I wonder how many of you would support them then. Because they're not getting paid. They're not getting paid. But I wonder if they say we should get some type of hazardous pay, like one uh, particular uh, petition I saw uh, or re, uh, a request made by, I forgot who it was, but that's what they want. The kids say we want hazardous pay. You don't get paid. But I wonder if the kids that are that are intending to play, ACC, Big 12, SEC, if they turn that into we need to get paid for playing during a global pandemic i wonder how much support they would get that's something to think about that's something i want you to consider and as everybody is on the kids side all of a sudden let them have the choice they want to play speaking of those who are getting paid to play during this global pandemic in the professional ranks the end the f and l george kittles contract extension uh the nfl training camps are opening uh this week as teams are getting prepared for the NFL to get their season up and started. I think the NFL is going to do everything they can to get 16 games in. I don't see how they will. Pay attention to Major League Baseball and what they're, and the problems they're having of trying to play outside of a bubble or hub city situation. But the NFL is going to do everything they can to get 16 games. I think they'll get 12 at the most. That's just Will's opinion about what they can do. But anyway, back to the contract extension signed by San Francisco 49ers tied in George Kittle's Five years, $75 million. The tide, everybody's getting paid during this time in the offseason. Everybody's getting paid. And I'm again going to say about the Dak Prescott situation, and Dak is really supporting the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he stood up for his own Jerry Jones. He, well, he made a statement about Jerry Jones's weak statement that he made in regards to the times that we're living in. But anyway, everybody else was able to get a contract extension. And also another guy who has outperformed his rookie contract is Dalvin Cook. He reported to camp after the saying that he would not report, but he did report. He deserves to get paid also. Dak Prescott should get a long-term deal to secure his, uh, to have a secure future, but that did not happen. And congratulations to the young man, Alex Smith, as he made his return after that gruesome injury that he had in the 28, late in the 2018 season. He's made his way back. He's 
participate in a training camp for the Washington professional football team. Amazing story. Um, the four letter highlighted, uh, not highlighted, they did a story on him in regards to his making his way back to try to play football um, and the setbacks that he had from the surgery and his recovery time. And now he is off the physical, un, the physical unable to perform list, the pup list. And he is participating in training camp for Washington. The Miami Dolphins have an ultraviolet ray that's supposed to uh, help with uh, with the coronavirus, the, the COVID-19 situation that's going on in the world. The Dolphins have that in their training facility. I don't have nothing else. I just wanted to tell you that that these, these people are going all out to make sure they get an NFL season in. And that was something that caught my attention. Plus, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Um, that's pretty much it in regards to the NFL and what I want to say. But I thought that uh, ultraviolet rate or whatever they got going on through the facility is really interesting uh, how they're doing it um, right now during training camp for the Miami Dolphins um, back to the college football situation another thing that caught my attention again I'm from Miami so I, I root for all things Miami sports and here's a, here's a really interesting story um, to put, I'm going to put some perspective on these conferences and these schools and these universities trying to get a college football season in I want you to understand pay attention to what I'm getting ready to say listen to this real real closely today is the first day of classes at the University of Miami in order for people to in, in order for students to attend classes at the University of Miami they have to have a, they have to have taken the coronavirus test that was mailed to them they 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 mailed a test kit to students to send back to a lab. They have a, a they're in they have a a special um, deal with I think it's LabCorp. I think that's what I read. You send that back, and that test has to be anytime after August the first. Today is August the seventeenth. Just one negative test you have had to have taken. <laughs> you have to have a negative test that you take it after August 1st and is and you load it you load your results onto the onto the onto your portal uh your student portal for the University of Miami in order for you to take class a day if not if you don't have that in time for the day's classes you're taking virtual classes one test one negative test since August the 1st think about that and there's there's things going on around in the college sports world at Florida State. They was having issues with wide receivers. Say there's no there's been no real transparency in regards to uh, the safety protocols that that um, that need to be met or should be in place in order for the team to play football. There there've been three wide receivers on the Florida State roster that have complained about that. One even one even one of those kids' parent made a statement at the university at Syracuse University. Um, the kids have opted out uh, of practicing, practicing because they feel that uh, it's not safe to practice. And the ACC is going full steam ahead. They're starting their season with Miami playing against the University of Alabama Birmingham on September the 10th. Good luck. Good luck with that. All right, let me talk about the. The quarterfinals for the Champions League, um, the top 
club uh, tournament in the world. If um, it's based in Europe, but it's just a top club tournament in the world because these are the best clubs and the best players. Manchester City, my favorite club team, went out. Raheem Sterling, I feel for that young man. He missed a wide open chance late in that game to make the game a two. Uh, make the game all tied at two. He missed, and no more than about ninety seconds or more later. Uh, Leon went down and scored and really an absolutely just weak effort uh, by the goalie from Manchester City. Should not have spilled that ball, should have secured it, but he didn't. And it led to a tap-in goal by Leon. Leon moves on to the semifinals. Uh, last Saturday, uh, Leipzig, Leipzig um, were able to get an upset. Over Atletico, Diego Simeone and Pep Guardiola have been getting creamed for their tactics during the quarterfinals. Uh, in Pep's defense, what he wanted to prevent and he was afraid what happened did happen. Sometimes the coaches can have great plans and it's up to the players to execute the game plan. And in D Diego Simeone uh, says, yeah, Simeone's case, listen, he didn't play his top guys. I mean, he did bring them on as substitutes, but he, they should have started the game. Questionable uh, tactics by Simeone. I don't know why he did that, but it is what it is. On Friday, Bayern Munich, the best team left in this tournament even before Man City was bounced out of it. Eight goals against Barcelona. Barcelona absolutely gave up late in that game after they got it down to 4-2 uh, uh, early in the second half. Uh, Bayern Munich just went nuts on them. Um, Alfonso Davies, the young Canadian international that plays with Bayern Munich, he plays the uh, left back position. There's been some on the ESP, uh, the ESPN, yes, FC uh, show that have suggested that he may be the best uh, wing back in the world. I'm not gonna go that far. Alexander Arnold in Liverpool is outstanding. He had 13 assists over the last campaign in the 2019-2020 season. So. I mean, Davies just got all the pace in the world, and he proved that he can cause havoc as he uh, made some. He made an outstanding play and an outstanding move in that game to get into the box and then set up a teammate. But he's on his way. He's not the best, but he's on his way. If he keeps progressing the way he is, yeah, I can, I can justify. I, I would, uh, I would concur with that. Uh, with that suggested. Uh, I guess you could say star status given to him by the four letters uh, FC football show, but not right now. Alexander Arnold is the best in the world at that back position. So, but back to Barcelona, Messi, man, our, Barcelona looks old. Barcelona looked like they look terrible in that game. Jordi Alba was about the best player for Barcelona on that pitch. Messi did not look like Messi. Suarez, it's, he's still dangerous. He's still dangerous. I cannot see him making no way I could see a European team not giving him a shot because he's still productive. I don't think he'll be in the MLS anytime soon. Although, uh, Matude, Matude uh, is actually going to be playing in Miami for uh, Inter Miami. Dumb name. But anyway, he's going to be playing in Miami. He's a, he's, a, he's a top defender. He's a top midfielder. Uh, well, he's productive. I ain't going to say top. He's productive at that in that midfield. So, He's on his way to the MLS. 
And those are the games and individual performances and other sports news that caught my attention uh, since the last time you heard my voice. All right, before I get into the NBA playoffs uh, and make my picks, I just want to say something about uh, the Negro Leagues. The Negro Leagues is celebrating 100 years. This is their 100-year anniversary. Um, and Major League Baseball and some other uh, uh, athletes uh, and entertainers and news people have been um, celebra- uh, giving their acknowledgement to the 100 years of the Negro Leagues with the tip your cap uh, hashtag. And, um, again, four, four former presidents did it, some news people, some other athletes around the sports world, and, of course, Major League Baseball. But today I want to talk about one of the um, – more famous Negro League uh, alums is Mr. Buck O'Neill. Buck O'Neill was a great uh, uh, Negro League player. He also became the first uh, African-American to be um, given a coaching position uh, in Major League Baseball. He also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2006 from George W. Bush, and he's one of a few baseball players that actually have that distinct honor. Um... Uh, given to a, a baseball player. But anyway, Buck O'Neill uh, played for the Kansas City Marinars, probably probably the, the most famous, I guess you could say, franchise from the Negro Leagues. And that's my tribute today. I'm going to do this all the way up until uh, June 20th of 2021. Every show, I'm going to mention a Negro League player, and that'll be my acknowledgement of the 100-year anniversary of the Negro Leagues. Moving to the NBA playoffs that's getting ready to come up. I'm very intrigued. There are three matchups that have got me um, intrigued, and I'm going to lay a couple of nickels on them. Three matchups. First, I'm going to start off with a matchup that a lot of people seem to think um, is a toss-up or could be a potential upset, and that's Portland going up against the Lakers. When this NBA restart happened, uh, Portland was a team that caught my intrigue because they're, they're, they've got the big kid back. White side can come off the bench. They got Melo. They definitely have – they got C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard, Damian Lillard. So they have, without a doubt, uh, to me, before this restart happened, I thought they would be the best chance, best team uh, to have a chance to win the A spot. That did happen. But the Blazers and the Lakers uh, match up. The Blazers the – Blazers, the, Blazers are underdogs in this matchup. They're underdogs. Before the restart happened, I I was looking at the Blazers could give the Lakers problems. I quite don't see it that way anymore because the Blazers just do not play defense. I mean, they're they're not a very good defensive team. I mean, they gave up 122 points to the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in that play-in matchup, and then I watched that game. They played the Nets that they had to win in order to play to get to that play-in game, and they did not look good defensively in that game. Carries, I mean, Levert from the Brooklyn Nets just had his way in that ball game. I see LeBron James being able to have a highway to the rim. Um, of course, I don't see Anthony Davis dominate on the inside with the likes of uh, Yerkich, Whiteside, and Collins. No, but I think his skill set will be able to get him some mid-range, couple of threes, I think he will be an uh, influence on the defensive end, of course. I don't see the Lakers having much difficulty with uh, the Blazers. I know that's the sexy pick. I know that's the pick that everybody's making in regards to 
uh, a potential upset. I don't see it that way. I'm saying the Lakers should win this in five games. And I know there's no home court, but that's that's the way I'm going. All right. Let me tell you a series that I think the underdog could pull out, and that's the 76ers. Joel Embiid going against the 70, uh, going against the Boston Celtics inside of Eunice Canner and Theus is just a mismatch. That's a, that's a, truly a mismatch. Joel Embiid has to be motivated to show that he can carry a franchise and he can carry a team. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to show Elton Brand what a future 76er team could look like if he surrounds Joel Embiid with shooters. Um, ben Simmons is a great talent. He really is. I'm not as down on Ben Simmons as some people are because he doesn't shoot from the outside or he's reluctant to shoot from the outside. But Ben Simmons is a great talent. For his size, he has great speed, um, great lateral quickness. That, that allows him to be able to guard smaller players. So I think if Joel Embiid has an outstanding playoff run with the 76ers and he's, and he's the main cog to that wheel, I think you could see a split up between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with uh, Ben Simmons moving. I can tell you a move I think that would make sense for both teams that I'm getting ready to mention in a potential trade is Philly and Golden State. I think you can move Ben Simmons to Philly. I would not part with Clay or Steph if I'm Golden State, but I would part with Andrew Wiggins. And if it's not the first overall pick, if it's not the first overall pick that um, that's going to come from the um, the lottery, I would trade. I would swap first round picks with Philly if I was Golden State. Now that's just that's just will talking. That's just a, that's just a thought. Want to put that out there? All right, another matchup that um, I think will be an upset is the Thunder and the Rockets. It's really a pickup. This is really a pick'em um, series. Or the Thunder are only getting plus one forty. So for every, for if you lay a hundred dollars, you win one hundred forty dollars. That's how betting works with that with the money line. But anyway, so I'm going to go with the uh, Thunder. In that series, to pull uh, the upset over the Rockets, I think without Russell Westbrook, it's just James Harden jacking up shoot, drag, jacking up threes all over the place. He's going to have to average 40-plus points to beat the Thunder. The Thunder, Shea Gilders, Alexander, Schroeder, Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams. This is a very solid OKC team, and I think they can make some noise uh, in the playoffs. And this next matchup that I'm getting ready to mention that I think could be a potential upset, and I'm going to lay money on this, and this is going to probably break the hearts or get some Miami Heat fans upset with me. I am a Miami Heat fan. I really am. And as of last night, I said the Pacers could be in the north. I said this on um, when I was talking to my friends on my sports uh, forum show that I have on Sundays that I thought – the Pacers would only be an annoyance to the Miami Heat. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to walk that back. I had to think about it, um, something that was said to me yesterday, and it made me think in regards to Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon he's an outstanding player. Uh, it's going to come down to Oladipo um, and what he can give them if he's going to if he's going to trust uh, the that that you know play through the injury or you know, get himself together in order to compete. Um, he just hasn't looked all that great since the restart. But I think if he gets it going, he's going to be tough for the Miami Heat to uh, handle. A Miami Heat backcourt of um, Duncan Robinson, Goran Drogic, Michael Nunn, uh, I mean Kendrick Nunn, and um, Tyler Hero is not a great defensive backcourt. 
It really isn't. I love the Miami Heat. Those guys are offensive players, yes. But defensively, eh, not so much. So a Brogdon Oladipo backcourt could get the Heat some problems. Um, and T.J. Warren going against Jimmy Butler. I agree with Jimmy Butler. That Stop blowing that up. Just leave that alone. Whatever happened between him and T.J. Warren is over right now. It's about trying to advance in the playoffs. And as much as I love the Miami Heat, I'm going to lay money uh, on the Pacers because the Pacers are plus 260 uh, on the money line. So I'm going to lay money on the Pacers to upset my Miami Heat. So those are the three. All right, but today um, the NBA playoffs will get started today at 1 o'clock. We got – let me see. Today's game will be Utah at Denver. Uh, Mike Connolly left the bubble uh, for the birth of his child, so that will hurt Utah. I think Utah was already behind the eight ball. Going into this series, I think Denver is the favorite, especially if uh, Porter Jr. keeps playing and progressing at the way that uh, the way he has over the last couple of games in the bubble. If that kid turns out to be uh, a star, like the prediction was when he came out of high school and he was going to play the one year of college, there was some scouts predicting he could he was going to be the number one overall pick, and then he had injuries. If that kid turns out to be what the scouts labeled him as back when he was in high school, Denver will be scary for years to come. With Jokic, Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, um, they they could be scary for years to come. And I think that in this playoff series, they just have just way too much. And plus, I like Bobo. I just like saying his name. I, I, and I like to see him play, Bobo. But I think Denver uh, should take that series from Utah. I don't give it six games. I, I, I'll be nice to Utah, but without uh, McDonavich and then you got, like I said, Michael Conley left the bubble for the birth of his child. That could really hamper uh, Utah's chances in this series. But anyway, that's the game that's coming out. And that's the first matchup today, um, getting the playoff started. And then the second matchup will be Brooklyn at Toronto. Brooklyn isn't as bad as people think. Think uh, I know the, they are, that Toronto's overwhelming favorites, but Levert, uh, English, Jared Allen, nice team. I mean, those three guys can definitely put the ball in the basket. Brooklyn has won four games in this bubble. They just haven't gotten the national pub as some of these other uh, teams have. But Brooklyn is not a team to sleep on. And I don't think Toronto's just going to walk through Brooklyn. I just don't think so. I think Toronto's going to win it. But I don't think they'll walk through Brooklyn. And again, the night, the nightcap will be Philly at Boston. Again, I picked the 76ers. Uh, and then L.A. versus Dallas. I thought about Dallas maybe pulling an upset over the Clippers because the Clippers have been so uh, disjointed during this uh, bubble situation. And really during the season, they really haven't been able to come together as a cohesive group with everybody on the roster. Um, Harrell is back. I'm not sure the status of Patrick Beverly, but Reggie Jackson has been filling in very nicely for them. Of course, they got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. This is going to be a tough matchup for Luka Doncic. I know people say that I've heard that he's the most skilled, and I'm, I'm, I can't really argue against that. I just think Anthony Davis is the most skilled player. But uh, Luka Doncic is going to get introduced to the playoffs, and Paul George is a very good defender. He, he's a two-way player, and he's going to have his hands full. Yes, he will, but I just don't see uh, Luka Doncic being able to beat the Clippers by himself. I'm pretty sure Doc Rivers is going to do a lot of trapping to get the ball out of his hand. Uh, to make him a passer, a willing, uh, uh, a reluctant passer, 
Um, of course, this kid has outstanding vision. Luka Doncic does. Um, for his size, he's like I said, he's not overly athletic, but he—I mean—he's just a savvy basketball player. But I just don't think him alone could do it. I know um, Porzingis has improved, but I just think the Clippers have too much depth and too many people that they can throw at Luka Doncic to really give him problems. I don't think they can contain him, but they—I mean—I don't think they can stop him, but I think they can contain him. And so that's why I think the Clippers should have really a relatively easy time with the Dallas Mavericks. All right, the games that's going to be coming up on Tuesday, it's going to start off with the 1 o'clock matchup between uh, Orlando and Milwaukee. I don't see Orlando coming with, come within double digits of any game versus Milwaukee. None. There's a prop bet that's out there. I'm not touching it, but there's a prop bet out there that says, uh, will the Orlando Magic uh, lose any game by less than double-digit points? No. Milwaukee's going to put the hammer to Orlando. And I know people, I, I've, I heard this, and I heard it yesterday, and I've heard some other people, they're concerned about Milwaukee. Look, there's no answer for Giannis on Orlando. But there's really no answer for Giannis really on a lot of teams in this league. But there's definitely no answer for Giannis on or, in Orlando. Uh, Gordon has played well, but Orlando has no shot. I don't think they come within 10 points in the four games they're going to lose this team. Then the 4 o'clock matchup on Tuesday will be the Miami Heat going up against Indiana Pacers. I think the Pacers beat the Heat in seven. Again, I am a Miami Heat fan, but I'm also a realist. Um, up, until, <laughs> up until I really did some deep diving into the situation, I know Miami's taking three or four from uh, the Blazers, I mean from the Pacers, and I, I wouldn't mind losing some nickels on this particular series if it happens as long as I get the other two right. But um, I think the Pacers could beat the Heat in seven games. I know Sabonis isn't there, but the Heat, like I said, their backcourt isn't the is, isn't that great defensively. And that's what concerns me with uh, with Brogdon and Oladipo. Um, and that and all that's contingent if Oladipo just can get the confidence um, that he had before he suffered the injury. All right, Oklahoma City, is a, I picked them also to uh, upset Houston. I think that also will be seven games. Um, not sure if Westbrook will make it back uh, from that quad injury uh, at any point during this series. But, again, I think it's going to have to come to James Harden scoring 40-plus a game. It's just it's just too much that Oklahoma City can offer, too many ways to score. They can have they can beat you inside, outside. They just got a lot of different ways they can, they can win a basketball game. And kudos to Billy Donovan um, for being able to – uh, get this team into the playoffs after the trade of Paul George and Russell Westbrook. And this would have been nice to see Russell Westbrook go up against his old team. But, again, Russell Westbrook, is and he has a quad injury, and I'm not sure. And I'm, I don't think he's going to be back in this series, but they're optimistic that he will. And, again, the nightcap will be the, the series that everybody thinks um, that they're picking. A lot of people, a lot of not everybody, but a lot of people are picking an upset, and I just do not see it. Um <laughs> between portland and la i say la in five games all right it's that time i'm getting ready to get out of here but before i go let me talk about the you uh the semifinal matchup uh in the uh champions league no there is no Serie A team no premier league team there is no uh la liga team two french clubs two german clubs leipzig We'll be going up against PSG. Um, this 
is just a crazy year. <laughs> it really is. And kudos to Tyler uh, Adams, the U.S. Uh, the, the American player that's playing on that team. He scored the game-winning goal in that game in their win over Atletico Madrid. Um, PSG likes it. PSG is the better team only because they have the two best. They will have the two best players on the pitch in, in Pepe and Neymar. But this is a crazy year uh, in sports, just in the world, period. But I would not be surprised if Leipzig pulls an upset. But PSG is the favorite, and they should move on. And then Leon coming off their upset of my Manchester City side against Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich is the best team uh, left. Uh, in this tournament, they should walk, pass, run, pass, and beat Leon. But anything can happen. One more thing I want to mention before I get out of here is about the NHL. I don't really talk much hockey, but the Las Vegas Golden Knights. This was a this was an expansion team in the 2017-2018. That was that first year. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Then they made the playoffs last year. And then now this year, they were the number one seed in the Western Conference going into the NHL playoffs. Three years, three playoffs. That's the most successful franchise in NHL history. Although it's a brief three-year history, that's the most successful franchise in NHL history. And I know they're coming. And if you don't know, they, they lost yesterday 3-1. Uh, to Chicago, but they have a 3-1 series lead. Um, they got that series well in, in control. It's not over yet, but they are in control. But I just thought seeing that and what this team has been able to do is just amazing. I close the show the same way every single time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I holler, be safe. Keep that social distancing up with your mask. Be easy.